Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to The After Party, where, folks, it turns out the CBs are a really wholesome group of uh, people What repair ships for the Navy. Woo! (laughs) Sometimes you just uh, stumble into stuff you didn't know you were going to stumble into. I'll say CBs are just a fun thing to say, and that's where that came for me. If I could talk about my truth, if we can have actors on actors on actors for a second. Sure. Um, Eric, what would you say to God when you got to the pearly gates? uh, I would say CBs. Nice. CBs? CBs? I mean, in in our CBs defense, they're just bees living their life. You know, we're the invaders. That's true. We just kind of sailed up to them, through them, and into their house. Exactly. So maybe all CBs, good. Guys, not not to be ribbled right off the bat here in the after party, but um, (laughs) yesterday I did use the bathroom at work. Uh, which is a a shared bathroom with the whole floor of offices. And uh, there was a woman having a full conversation with her friend who, like the woman, the first woman was standing at the sink, just like doing her hair or something. The second one was actively pooping and they were having (laughs) a full conversation. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) Um, uh, Miss, 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 hear me. Miss, 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 miss. Uh, Eric Silver uh, of the Joy the Party Gazette. Yeah. Uh, How did you know she was actively pooping? Well, Eric, context clues. Using my five (laughs) senses and I don't want to get more specific. (laughs) It wasn't like stealthy. More people need to say answers to things. Well, I used my five senses. (laughs) You can decide for yourself. Uh, which sense I was using. Oh, my God. Well, speaking of friends who I, like, see, I wouldn't even talk to Julia while she poops. Uh, Julia's is not with us today, but we're going to No, nobody talked to anybody while that's no, happening. I know, it. I know. It's not possible. <laughs> it's not possible. Yeah, she got abducted by aliens. The uh, people across the galaxy wanted to know about her cool styles, and yeah. they picked her up. Uh, but it's just for this after party. She's going to be in the recorded episodes. Yeah. Uh, because of the way the timeline works of how when we record. Right. The aliens are took her recently, but after we recorded the next three episodes. Hooray. Right. So, like, she's going to come back from the future, but because we're in the past. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She can't record this one, but yeah. she already had recorded the other ones. Uh, but because of multiversal theory, Julia's left-handed now? Yeah, exactly. That's how you know. Oh. And, all, and that's good. You can tell in the character, in all of her characters going forward, you can tell that they're left-handed. As long as she tells me to buy Google stock, we'll be okay. <laughs> in 2024, yeah. buy some Google stock, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of NVIDIA? Dang, I came back too early. Shit. <laughs> Shit. All right, folks. Uh, so much going on here at Multitude. This is, I believe, the last after party we're going to release uh, that isn't recorded live on the road from the Rolling Bones tour. What? How are we feeling about this, gentlemen? I am excited. We've been talking about uh, stage dressing, some fun visual props for your eyes to feast upon. All five senses. All five senses. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be distributing some amount of incense. <laughs> Is going to look and taste and sound and yep. feel and what did I miss? <laughs> uh, your ability to see ghosts. That's the one that you missed. And the ability to see mm-hmm. ghosts. Good. We're going to activate that one a lot. <laughs> We're going to release a ghost. <laughs> it's like you have, it's like people who paid for the 3D glasses or not. Yeah. Uh, it's just whether or not you're, you're going to be able to see that ghost and interact with it. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm super excited. It's going to be really fun. Uh, I just want to go on the road. I want to see people in person. I love performing live. I, I 
I miss it. I really do. Uh, I got to do it for one of the other shows that we produce in Multitude. And like, I realized my blood pressure didn't change. Like my, like my heart would stay the same BPMs when I walked out on stage and I'm like, oh yeah, the thing I like to do. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> the place where I am most comfortable in the, at home. The place where people laugh and cheer immediately after I say something. I love that. Uh, so I, I'm super stoked and we've planned some really interesting stuff. Uh, for the join the party part, the spirits part, and the question mark part. There is a question mark part. That's right. There's a lot of question that. marks. Yeah. Like the ampersand on uh, Shane McMullen's incredible poster. That's the question mark. <laughs> That's the question mark. <laughs> That's the part where we all get abducted and go into space and explore space and then come back from the future. Uh, Brandon, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I'm from a different multiverse where that wasn't a good idea. And I'm t- and I've already <laughs> I'm warning you now that we shouldn't go into space. Only Julia can do that. Is that why you're no-handed? <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, my dominant hand is my face. That's why <laughs> I've been moving the microphone with my nose for the last few weeks. Uh, Eric, we also have some breaking news that we need to address really quick here on the podcast, which is that your DM glove made an appearance at the NBA dunk contest last weekend. And I'm just wondering how kind of you feel about that, if there was a licensing agreement, if my father-in-law, Adam Silver, paid you for that? Because <gasps> if not, I think we might have cause for legal action. Yeah, that's a lawsuit. I'm going to have to explain some sports stuff. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, There's two things. One, uh, my dad is not the commissioner of basketball, but his name is Adam Silver. Not my dad, the commissioner of of basketball. His name is Adam Silver. If I were you and I was trying to not be like a rich elite jerk, I would also say that. So, Brandon, why would I not want to be a rich elite jerk? That I could just, <laughs> I could be just rolling like that. Um, the funny thing about Adam Silver one is that he looks like a Nosferatu, which he no really one does. talks about. Yeah. But the second thing is that he spends so much time trying to be friends with the NBA players that, like, now when he has to be like, Brandon, hold on, I need to give Brandon time to look he up. Does. He, he like does look like Nosferatu. It's only worse with time. Yeah. Uh, he's he's so nice. As a commissioner of sports, so like it's been uh, much like a teacher you can push over. It's going to be a problem for him in the future. The NBA All-Star Weekend happened recently, uh, and they did an All-Star game. And it was just like no one was trying. People were like throwing up shots from like half court for fun. They were intentionally trying to score without dribbling the ball. It was really weird. And at the end, when he gave the trophy to the Eastern Conference All-Stars, he's like, you definitely scored the most points. And he sounded so mad and upset. <laughs> and then he like walked out of frame. And then he just walked away. He walked away from the camera and was like, I'm mad, but I'm the nice teacher, so I can't say anything. And the whole time I was like, dang, what if that was my dad? Yeah. <laughs> and my dad just got hosed by like Luka Doncic, <laughs> like also- a bunch of Serbian Serbian basketball players. Why weren't they playing for realsies? What did I... What- it is a hard to uh, – it has been a thing lately to incentivize NBA players as they see this as a job and they've gotten more workers' rights. It's hard to empower them to, like, do extra work and, like, that is gotcha. what the NBA All-Star Game is. So um, it's been – like, it's it's weird. It's like, yeah, the players have more powers but they are ent- also entertainers and did a bad job entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. just been very odd lately for that. Um, for this like extracurricular game that they had to play in Indiana, for that matter, like no one was stoked to be in Indianapolis. I would love to do a live show in Indianapolis, but if I made millions of dollars, it might be harder to convince me <laughs> to go yeah. to Indianapolis in February and uh, per- and perform. 
Um, Here, here's my pitch. Instead of two teams in the NBA All-Star game, you do one actual NBA All-Star team versus the Harlem Globetrotters every that year. That would be pretty good. That would be better. And Brandon is now on sports radio. This is <laughs> 91.5 This Crush. We have Brandon Grugel sports. Damn, I never thought about what uh, what sports radio or like just radio generally would look like on the Great Salt Sea. Like I imagine there are just kind of like trucker CB radios. Again, CB, mm. again, again. Oh, uh, and that would be just like incredibly fun and we'd pull a lot of pranks. Honestly, I'm surprised that I haven't created mass media in a larger scale in Vertistello just yet. But I'm like, I don't want to deal with this. We'll get there. In the, in the <laughs> One Piece way, they're like they communicate by talking snails to each other instead of phones. <laughs> but they also do have have cameras it's like i don't want to mess with that i don't want to i don't want to talk about it i don't want to put the internet into my thing we already tried that in campaign two and i was like it's it's different i don't want to i don't want to think about that i don't think we have the internet but we do have like tv like we have we have media and tvs but i don't think we have the internet we yeah like you can point a camera at someone and like put it on a screen and you can give someone a call and there's a truck but (laughs) but there is not internet now yeah but Eric, how did your DM glove come into the mix? Right, my DM glove. So uh, one of the, my favorite basketball players on my favorite team, Jalen Brown, he decided to be in the slam dunk contest. And he was doing a one-handed dunk, and I think he needed more grip. So he had a glove, and it literally looked the same as my DMing glove. Well, the whole thing is that people, <laughs> like, he he's a weaker player on his non-dominant hand, as, like, everybody is. And yeah. weren't they kind of, like, wasn't he trying to sort of, like, F the haters and be like, look, I can do it also wearing, like, a snazzy glove? Yeah, that and, like, also he was an all-star in the way that the slam dunk contest has been going lately. Like, only, like, rando guys who are, like, not that good but good at dunking and jumping have been doing it lately. So it was, like, a lot of people are worried about getting clowned on. But, like, here's the thing. He put it on. And I will, here, I, it looked like this. It looked it like did. the glove. It looked just like hey. Hey, 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 Brent, hey, Brent, uh, clip it, clip it, and just a little photo. Thank you. This, so this, and then also Jalen Brown looking down. Like, I think it was the same. I think it was the same glove, which was <laughs> wild. So it's like, did Jalen Brown, multimillionaire, who has signed a contract so large, it's probably the biggest in the NBA right now, did he buy the same $15 glove on Amazon that I have? I'm going to say... Oh, actually, I was going to say yes, but I wonder if he bought one that was actually had diamonds on it. That's what I, but like. It's possible. Then maybe he would have said something about it. Yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think then we would have, he would have been like, oh, thank you, like at the Diamond Company. You at know, for, Cartier. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you so you. much. Well, no, he's. Eric, he's my pretty... said Cardi B. I knew it was Cartier. <laughs> thank you so much. Cardi. Oh, is that why Cardi, Cardi B's name is Cardi B? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> nice. No, but he's kind of woke. Pause, uh, parentheses affirmative. So it's like maybe he's working with like a lab-grown diamond yeah. company, and or he's like, maybe he overnighted a glove to Indianapolis because he was like, "Ugh, what's my thing gonna be?" Yeah. It's possible. Maybe he got a glove from, from the movie Uncut Jobs and overnighted it to Indianapolis. Well, here's how we can tell, Eric. Yeah. Take the glove on and off and see if you have better grip on a basketball right now. <laughs> okay. Worse. I'd say worse. Yeah, worse. it's like and, nylon. And now off. Still pretty bad, but not as bad as with the glove on. 
All right, guys, let's get into the meat of these three episodes, the first three of the Legends of the Meeting arc. So much fun. Uh, in, of course, episode one, right before we set sail from the hold, uh, the crew, and by the crew, I mean Brandon, comes up with an incredible <laughs> idea to forge and then sell blueprints um, to this key mold that we stole. Can you guys Thank walk you. me through what happened here? Well, what happened is that Eric refuses to acknowledge uh, that I am both chaotic and the best player in D&D podcasting, Eric. I have the best ideas. I am a brilliant gamesman. And uh, unfortunately, because I make silly, silly jokes, I'm a silly boy who does silly things sometimes. It's hard for you to see that I'm a genius. <laughs> I don't... Okay, what do you actually? What actually happened? What are you actually trying to get across? Um, uh, I forgot your question. What was it? Okay, <laughs> great, great. Uh, let's pull over and talk about how I can actually dunk a basketball for twenty minutes. Let's do that <laughs> while Brandon really? remembers what the question is. Uh, my question is, I go. Well, let's set let's set this a little bit. Like these were the episodes right after the guest episodes, right after the Legends Across the Sea. And I'm like, yeah, let's get back into it. You know, we recorded two of them, two of those guest episodes at a time. And then also it took a little while for us to record the episode with Kristen and with Sarah. So there was like a pretty wide stretch of time before we had recorded a campaign episode again. Um, and I'm like, all right, well, uh, we're going to go do something, but I know that we had to move stuff around because of the pipe, because of the puppet show thing that you were dealing with. And I only kind of distributed the invitations around and we didn't figure that out. And you wanted to go in a di different direction. So I'm like, all right, well, if there's stuff we want to do, we're going to kind of get into another thing after this. And then the players came to me and said, oh, we have another thing we want to do. And I'm like, all right, let's see how this goes. The Puppet Show, another Brando original, Eric. Yeah. Uh, I think I think we just kind of came up with it on the fly. Unlike The Puppet Show, we hadn't sort of thought yeah. about this beforehand and, and planned how we were going to get one over on Eric to let him do our shenanigans. Um, but we just came up with this on tape as you heard it. I think I, I think what happened is that that is that is correct. But I think it was on my mind because I think I listened to a stuff you should do episode about how blueprints work recently. Nice. <laughs> um, and it was really interesting. Uh, what flight were you on when you were listening to that? No, this one was uh, on the flight called My House, which I never leave. Oh, got it, got it. Podcasts are kind of like airplane informational videos that you can watch not at 30,000 feet. Mm, interesting. That's nice. <laughs> mm -hmm, I like that. Mm -hmm. Although Stuff You Should Know was on Delta for a second, so it is it is like or it is possible that I did listen to it on a Delta flight. Yeah, yeah if, you, uh, if you work at Delta and can get us on the planes, uh, get in touch. Like us or the podcast? The podcast. Us via the <laughs> put podcast. Brandon on a plane and also put Joey the Party on your podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, this I think was sometimes I create challenges for myself where much like Larry Bird, who just decided one, he wanted to shoot uh, left handed shots the entire time because he was bored. I'm like, you know what? I, let's just see what happens. I'm going to have to make all, all this on the fly. And that sometimes these episodes do simulate what it's like at a table that's not recorded. You just got to figure it out, and then whatever you say sticks, and you got to kind of just go with it. So it definitely was a little all over the place. It definitely was a little like flying by the seat of our pants. But in a way that I was okay with because I knew we were all kind of agreeing on that together. And I wanted to give you the thing that you wanted. But there's also the push and pull of like, 
do the players tell the DM far enough ahead Mm -hmm. to give me enough time to ruminate on how I'm going to quote unquote fuck you? (laughs) I'm not, but I think that that's a fear both from player to DM and from DM to player. Am I going to tell them enough time so that they can try to find loopholes to undermine what's happening? I think that's true, generally speaking, but for me, in this game, in our stuff... I know, I, I mean JS, I mean generally speaking. Yeah, yeah. I don't like to tell you in advance, because I like to see you dance on your tippy toes. Yeah, Brandon, that's the same thing that I'm saying, because <laughs> you're, trying to, you're trying to see see what I'm going to do next. Brandon is shooting a six-shooter a six at my feet, like he is a bad guy in a Western. <laughs> but it's not because I want to see... I don't, I don't, I'm afraid you're going to like find a loophole or something, it's just because I like to watch you dance, because you're such a good dancer, Eric, you yeah, know? thank you. Well, I mean, I did kind of flip it around on you three, where I made you all make an NPCs yeah. uh, on the fly, and whatever you made or decided to choose, um, it was fun. Like, see, just fleshing these people out immediately. Mm-hmm. Hey, Eric, that was hard. Uh, it's hard to make NPCs on the fly. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. You're right. You're right. Because it's not. It's you. You lay down one brick, and then you got to stack everything else on that brick. So laying the first one is always the hardest. Yeah. Um. So I thought it was interesting. I mean, I took of your roles about like. Uh, that that was the thing that I was saying before was true that like people did want to spend a lot of amber to buy the key from you. That was true. Mm-hmm. If you had moved in that sort of direction or you had actually given sold the key for you maybe could have gotten 50, 75, 100 amber for it. But because this was like a roundabout way, it wasn't the thing. Pirates obviously like ultimate gratification. It did kind and because you hoodwinked them. Uh, it kind of shook out in a different way, and also how reliable are some of the people who are on the hold with you, whether we're talking about Sazzy uh, at the Outback Steakhouse or the two people who you ended up, uh, the two NPCs you ended up creating. We didn't hoodwink them. We gave them a business opportunity. Mm-hmm. I'm Now that we're here at the after party, I'm glad I can say this. Hey, you know what it's called when you tell per- someone you're going to give them one thing and then you say, no, 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 never mind. I'm giving you something else worse, something but give better. me the same amount for it. Something, something better. Something that gives them the agency they need to feel truly invested in the product. You know? It's like Mary Kay. You know how that works. <laughs> now, Brandon, what if I gave you a salary, but in Instead of this, I know I said I was going to give you a salary, but what if I gave you volcano insurance? Because how is money going to protect you from a volcano? It's not. Exactly. You get it, Eric. See, I'm glad you're coming around. All right, to our pay side. Brandon in volcano insurance. Okay, next, you got it. Month. You got it. Uh, the question surgeon Michelle Spurgeon did want to know: Would we actually sell our key? Uh, for me, absolutely not. No, I'm not. Absolutely not. Why would I want to? What? That would. <sighs> It's like um, if you're playing a Vigi game and they're like, you know, uh, here's the Triforce and you need to get it back to the castle to win the game. And you're like, well, instead, I'm just going to sell the Triforce. And yeah. then you just wander around Hyrule for 40 hours. That's exactly it. Like, that's not fun or interesting for anyone involved. <laughs> that's exactly it. But I highly enjoyed the negotiation and meeting new people and uh, seeing the just like obvious sexual tension between Ambi and Millie. I don't, I don't know what you're referring to. So, <laughs> Well, uh, good that news. That was so out of nowhere. That was so funny. The whole thing is like we did this entire episode just on the coming up with it on our out of our brains. Like I know that that's the majority of what this is, but none of this was written down ahead of time. So much None. Fun. Zero. Zero, which was wild. Incredible. And Loose Goose wants to know, will there be an epic love triangle arc between Millie, Umbi, and Gloria? Who do we ship? 
And then Sneaky Sloths added, if yes to the above, please include the part of the triangle where Millie and Gloria are a possibility. Always Sneaky Sloths. Always available to you uh, in your in your uh, fanon. But uh, This is a, a thing I don't understand about shipping is why do people like bad people? Because <laughs> they're, they're attractive uh uh, in their angst and For, someone we can rescue. Brandon, that was my entire point when I was when we were making Millie in the first place. When I was like, okay, when did that I, I had written down like some ideas because I knew. Well, let me to see. Be clear, Kylo Ren is a war criminal. Like, is kind of what you're getting at. Yeah, and Kylo Ren also <laughs> sucks ass. <laughs> yes. Um. No, I didn't. I didn't write this out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I guess like when I was making this and I was trying to figure out like what different prompts I would give each of you depending on what you rolled. I was like, okay, there's definitely going to be someone who is has power, has money, but is a terrible, objectively terrible person. So I was like, hey, what war crime did <laughs> did really create? And then we ended up reading the Wikipedia page for war crimes. That was so funny. Incredible. Um and uh and then immediately after that, it's like, okay, we got that in piece of information, we put it off to the side. And now <laughs> we're going to just like fully enjoy Millie as a character, and I wanted to like put that f- uh, front words so that we all had to uh, laugh and wrestle with that. I mean, I didn't put that aside. That's front and center for me, baby. <laughs> yeah, and the more Brandon objects, the more Julia and I double down on the fact that this is an incredible ship that we highly recommend. And just um, we need someone to like keep him in line. And who better than a woman with a thousand arms slash legs? No. We've been uh, me and the coffee guys have been watching The Americans because we never watched it. Um, nice. And it's about two Russian spies who kill people as part of their job. And Lauren is uh, occasionally is like, man, I just feel so bad for them for this thing. And I'm like, Lauren, these people, <laughs> these two people you like, they suck. The spies? <laughs> They're murderers. <laughs> uh, first of all, I want to clarify also, Millie has a million legs, as I said many times. Yes. Right, yeah, throughout, yeah. Throughout the episode, Millie has a million legs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because that's what millipede means. Yep, that's what that <laughs> means. Really likes. That's, that's what, what it means. means. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you say that? Um, no, that was so funny. That's why I asking that question to Brandon. I was like, so which uh, which war crime did really do? Uh, was was really great. And then just everything. And now she's just there. She's just there forever. Um, oh yeah. It's very funny. Like Brandon conjured a character who then stays. Amanda conjured a character that was so weird. We didn't know. Like. It, the character's existence, this NPC's existence, could not leave mm-hmm. <laughs> the island. It's a real, uh, what are those images called where, like, someone tricks you into seeing, like, a nasty thing online? A prank? You know, like, like really one of those. Oh, like one of those, like, <laughs> the video where you're watching, like, a car video and a monster yeah, drops out. Yeah, oh. it's, it's, like, it's like that, in that the existential knowledge of it will never leave you. Um, but we don't have to revisit it. It's just, it's permanently in there. I know, it's just, like, th- it's there. That's the one thing. Ooh, ooh, Brandon. Uh, Brandon from the Millie Herald. I guess. Nice. Um, About the Million Herald, yes. The Million Herald. I have a question for one um, Amanda McLaughlin. Yes. Um, my question is, at some point in the past uh, year and a half, two years, or one to point five campaigns, uh, you have um, done first thought, best thought, and it's <laughs> utterly insane every time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> Thank now, you. Now, my question is, was this always? Were you always utterly insane, or or and you refused, and it was too scary to say out loud, or or is yes. this a new thing that you're now yes. newly insane? No, uh, I, th- it's always been there, a little core of uh, of weirdness and um, uh, perversion, some might say. <laughs> uh, and I've spent a lot of energy throughout the the beginning of my life. Um, 
pushing that down and uh, extruding it like a Play-Doh pasta maker in sort of socially acceptable ways. Um, but now with uh, growing confidence, love, and uh, <laughs> relaxation around my uh, my friends and peers, now I'm able to to really just, you know, show it. Good, good, good. It's it's very good. Please don't Thank lay you. this at my feet. I didn't, this is not what I wanted when I was trying to empower Amanda to be her best self. I didn't think I was creating Dr. Birth of Oaths, well, but here we are. You know, gotta just keep things fresh. <laughs> it was really, it was really funny though. I And to, to go back to the thing I was saying, it's like, it's funny that we, cre- Brandon created the most, like, you all took you the three of you took different tacks to this. Brandon created a new NPC who slotted in. You created like a one-off NPC, and Julia decided to deepen a relationship and illustrate someone that we had known as a joke, but now trying to make them real. Yeah, and I think it was, that that tension was actually really interesting as we were going through as we were going through the episode. Well, I think maybe I'm misremembering, but I think you had uh, as part of the prompt, you were like, "Who is someone that we already know?" That we, you know, and then uh, I think me and Amanda's were like, who's someone we haven't met before or something like that. But yeah. So credit to credits due. I think it was your genius. Brandon, I, I don't remember because I didn't write it down. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's truly like, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. Well, one person we do know well who underwent a change of his own this episode uh, is Havana, who finally hit puberty. Um, and Melanie would like to know, or would like to state rather, uh, Havana's voice change makes me a little uneasy. He's like a new person. Who is he? Where has our boy gone? You just gotta, here's the thing about it. You just gotta lean into it. You gotta relax, let your shoulders down, let his voice sort of envelop you. Yeah. And don't think about it too much, you know? Don't think about the Havana you lost. Think about the Havana you gained. Yeah. I want to firmly point out it's the same guy. (laughs) (laughs) But Eric, does he have now, does he have like more like stubble on his face section? Yes. Yes. But he like drew it on with Sharpie. (laughs) He draws it on with Sharpie every day at five. And then shaves it off in the morning and then re-draws it at five. Yeah. That's what he thinks five o'clock shadow is. It's when he's like, oh, I got to apply my shadow. (laughs) I love him. No, Havana's the same guy. I just thought it was fun to like kind of demonstrate the cl- the subclass change with like some different stuff that we uh, that we relate to, like in play. Right on. Yeah, especially like, especially if where we left off in the episode before the guest episodes, where Havana was asking all of you about like your vitals. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I kind of wanted that was so funny that I wanted to lead into that, and now that's like going to like pull everything forward. I think with Doctor Havana. Dr. Havana. And then finally, Eric, I think you're getting an intergalactic transmission. What? Because this, uh, this question from Loose Goose says, Julia, did you think that Sazzy was going to cook you into a tea witch meat pie, a la Sweeney Todd, in your secondary meeting with them? That's immediately where my mind went. Well, I'm getting some beeps and boops on my computer here, mm. uh, a.k.a. we asked Julia this question over Slack, and Julia responded. In the future, though. In the future. In the from future. the future to the past. Uh, and Julia said... Uh, quote, that bitch couldn't have killed Cammy even if he tried. <laughs> and I responded, says you. And then Julia said, I said what I said, laughing face. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Uh, what uh, To my players here, 
Uh, I can't talk to Julia because she's, you know, across the transom. But did you think it was funny that Sazzy was uh, uh, batshit insane? Yes. I thought it was funny. I did. I thought it was very funny that he was broke, A, because restaurant touring's a difficult business, B, uh, his clientele is pirates, uh, famously don't love to pay more than they need to for things that they want, uh, and C, it was it was too good to be true. Like, I don't know how we would have spent 75, Amber, and it just, uh, it was very satisfying and and funny to me i don't know still if if knowing his uh his proclivities is he still a good chef or is the chef good chefness a facade yeah you know i don't know like is he is he who he is but also he makes a very a very good uh pate en croute that's what i thought Brandon okay. was like every, when people went to the restaurant, it was always incredible food. But it's like as Amanda said, I don't think the restaurant ever made any sense or was sustainable. So I'm like, how would this make sense? It's because, uh, and, and I want to give credit to Julia here of how how good the character's name was. I yeah, to, I wrote it down. Sazerac Saint Urbain mm-hmm. and uh, Hemlock, um, which also made it extra funny. Like Hemlock being a poison greed folk making yeah. food, so even good. funnier. Uh, I was like, there's no way this makes any sense. <laughs> so I didn't want to pull the rug. That was the only run where I feel like I was tricking people mm-hmm. was that one because we had already known the character. And for the terrible monstrosity Amanda made, I'm like, this person does not have any money. There's no way this person <laughs> Listen, I found three amber in the sand. I was happy with that. Yeah, that was which I thought was funny. Which yeah. I, I wanted to give that to you. Is like I'm not saying it didn't. Like, how would this person have all this amber? There's absolutely no possibility. So Millie, Millie, if you had tried to sell this key straight up to Millie, Millie would have given you if with all the roles, etc. Like it could have happened, which is which got played out because uh, because Umby and Millie could come to an understanding. I don't know how Millie became the sex- sexy one when you had a strawberry plant with like 40 limbs and like, like what, like that's just, you know, sex on a rock is what a strawberry plant is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as he's being slowly pecked to death by the sun gold. I don't think so. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't do any uh, fucking war crimes. Yeah, but I mean, they're alluring at a certain extent in fiction, in fiction, in fiction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean, he was Prometheusing it up. Like I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Yeah, there's no one hotter than Prometheus. We all know this. That's I mean fair, 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 fair. <laughs> Amanda, really considering this. All right, I'm going to save this response for another time. Let's get into episode two, folks, where uh, we have a, an encounter on the high seas. Troy with the date of his birth, and uh, Cami and Umbi with the cloud. Of sea bees. Uh, I am so curious. Seabees! So curious to hear, Eric, where did the inspo for A, the sea bee as a creature, and B, this as like the initial conflict that we make our way through in order to get to the meeting? Where'd that come from for you? I mean, well, we already kind of seeded the first episode of the meeting to like doing. Sorry, sea beaded. Yeah. I see my time to Brandon. <laughs> no, you see bead bear time to Brandon. I see bead my <laughs> Oh no. Um I think that the first episode of the meeting ended up being about the blueprint instead. So it's like if I wanted to retitle it, I could have made that a different title. Like the first episode of the meeting is really going this one. Um, but because it was the way that the arc went and the way the guests stated, we titled it differently. So it's like I wanted to make sure that we were in 
we were setting I wanted to make sure I was setting the tone for what story was going to happen going forward which was it's difficult to get here we've already talked about the dissolving belt for a while it's like what is it it doesn't make any sense there's going it's going to be difficult to get there which I think is part of the reason why it was held there other than the fact it was a um it's a conference it's rental. a conference a conference rental uh at a place where pirates can, where pirates can congregate and I also wanted to you know Make it an interesting, uh, you're in an encounter, and then something else happens where Umbi gets exploded. So I wanted to make sure that there was a lot of stuff happening. At the same time, you know, I've been playing a lot of, like, AAA action-adventure video games on my PS5 lately, and it felt very, like, it felt very video gamey almost, especially when Umbi and Cammy were trying to keep Troy from needing to deal with it, which I thought was very interesting. It's like there were a lot of different goals happening all at the same time. Like, Cammy and Umbi wanted a few different things, Troy wanted a different thing, while also the sniper wanted something and so did the CBs. And I thought, and also then, uh, so does uh, the, so do the people at the Dissolving Belt, so did the, the conference want something. So I wanted to make sure that everyone's, we were setting the stakes very quickly with, with action. Speaking of the surprise party, uh, I didn't hear what happened there until the episode, uh, until Brandon edited the episode and I heard it uh, just like all of you. Um, Ginger wants to know, what would surprise parties for the other crewmates look like? This was so sweet and spur of the moment. Truly a highlight of the episode for me. Oh, what would a surprise party for Umbi look like? I think it would look like, um, you know, like the pick and mix stores, like candy stores where you go into and there's like Mm. various plexiglass boxes of candies but instead of candies it's like powders and reagents reagents Mm -hmm. and cool minerals and he just gets to like with a little scooper just like scoop 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 and put them into different things and test them out and he just gets he's a giddy he's giddy you know it's it's the m&m store but m&m stand for magic and more potions yeah exactly it's perfect (laughs) that's peanut (laughs) m&m's <laughs> Umbi likes dark chocolate, acid-filled Eminem's. <laughs> That's really good. Oh my god, I I think I think for Cami, it would probably be visiting like different sort of traditions of tea, right? Of like trying different blends and different pots, and maybe going to the Verticello equivalent of like you know different tea ceremonies, of which there are many many kinds around the world, um, and just enjoying that. Well, out to my head. Um... If we have to stay local for a for a party for her, it's like you know that scene in um, Pirates of the Caribbean where they dress up in like Victorian uh, ladies' dresses in mm-hmm. the boat. It's like I imagine uh, Cammy comes down below deck and it's like a perfectly proper tea party um, oh, uh, mm. uh, where we're all like dressed to the nines in fancy Victorian garb. That's so yeah. sweet. That'd be fun. And if we were throwing a surprise party for Brandon, Brandon would come down, and it turns out he's been in a ghost story the whole time, just like in Pirates of the Caribbean. But you were gonna say it Brandon turns out- better start believing in ghost stories because you're having a surprise party in one. I thought you were gonna say he'd come below deck, and it turns out all of us are not acknowledging his birthday, which is actually <laughs> that's true. I mean, <laughs> we're already doing that. We're throwing a surprise party for Brandon every year. Yeah, <laughs> that's so sweet, y'all. You're welcome. <laughs> Um, I will say that I just made up that it was Troy's birthday. Yeah, yeah I, I know. Just it was a joke you made uh, for the moment. 
and then I, I what later I was like, wait, is this episode coming out on my birthday? Because mm-hmm. it came out like a couple weeks before my birthday, and you're like, no, it's just funny and good. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay, you we ha- you had to leave for something. There was something going I on. My, I got co- I got my like pen and your coffee or something. It's in, oh, it's yeah. in the episode. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, it's in you there. just needed some liquid because your voice was. Yeah. Um, yes, no, yeah. I oh, was like I had a weird. I had like the, that like coffee throat mm-hmm. where my voice is all froggy because I'm drinking sweet bean juice. Um, and so I had to go get some water and you just did a little cute prank on me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we are, it's, it's like there is an energy, there is an energy flow to this kind of stuff. So I felt like we, that recording was also, a, also felt a little all over the place. I wanted to get a little bit more of a handle on it after the improvisational nature of the last one. So the fact that we, I felt like we had to stop and start a bunch of times for a bunch of different reasons too. So I was like, all right, we got to keep the energy up. We're going to do this. And it ended up paying off really well. So, which I was super stoked about. Like I was trying to figure out how to get from leaving the island to the CBs part. And that the, the surprise party, I think mm. kind of helped us do that. So cute. And it just so happened. It, it happened while you were out of the room. Jay Powers asks, how do you come up with ideas for encounters on the open sea that feel on theme? Oh. Well, uh, first you make an environment that's super goofy and cartoony so anything can happen. <laughs> and then you can do whatever you want. That's that's great. That's like my that's my advice to you. Here's the here's the secret. You just have to add like sea or ocean or water in front of a thing, and then that's just on theme, baby. And all the better if it rhymes. I think the important thing is to set up what the goals are and what the victory conditions are and then make the encounter. Like, it wouldn't make any sense to have, like, a big army battle or, like, big faction battle like this was a medieval kind of story because it's pirates. And people, pirates all have the things that they want and as it's motivated by money and their own valor and everything and their own their own goals and, and ideas. So it's like, as long as you figure out what's happening here, especially because Dungeons and Dragons is about like, I don't know, using action to tell your, using action in combat to tell stories. Um, you want to make sure that you understand what's happening instead of just like everybody dies. Um, y- y- your encounters become on theme if you're not saying, oh, I got to do some battle stuff. Here's some goblins or like, here's a dragon. You got to figure out why it's there. Well, Eric said a real thing, and then I said a joke thing, and now it's not as funny. <laughs> oh, you, sorry, uh, Brandon, you put that into Google, and it said, do you mean the Join the Party podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it's a winning formula. Melonin wants to know, how long did you struggle, Eric, between calling these opponents CBs versus Shornits, as opposed to Hornets? Pretty good. Pretty good? Uh, zero, because I didn't think of that, but good one. Good <laughs> I one. mean, CBs is much better. CBs uh, is very good. But Shornets, sh- Shornets is good, too. Sh- uh, Shornets are like when something washes up from a shipwreck, and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't have this cursed cup before, but now I do. <laughs> yeah. It's a Shornet. Like Havana. <laughs> yeah, just like Havana. You're right. And then uh, finally for episode 35, Tattooed and Tall says, may I suggest an Oops All Smoke Detector Beeps episode? Now, <laughs> oh. Maybe, maybe I'm the weird one because when we were making that joke, like very rarely, you know, one of us says like, mm, I think it's maybe not for the podcast. Uh, I, I was like very close to being like, I think this is too much for the podcast. Like you heard me being like, guys, we wouldn't do that to you. And then all you perverts said, yes, I want it. Yeah. Um, no, you may not suggest that. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. I was enjoying. Really it. I was enjoying so much. Going, but up, chirp, 
It's it's like it's triggering to me. I it yes, is. No, I know, no, it I is. Know. That's why I Get found it. I know. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. making tortillas last night, and I was Ugh. heating up my pans, and they weren't. It was on fucking like medium, and my smoke alarm went off. Yeah. In in mm. I think I mentioned this on the episode, but in the apartment where Eric lived with roommates before we moved in together, the the, the like. It was like wired into the building. And mm-hmm. so even when you replace the batteries, the building had to do some kind of like software reset for it to stop beeping so many, so many times that Eric was like the one who had to get up and deal with it. Jesus and also Christ. I was there. Yeah. <sighs> it was the chirp. Yeah. The chirps are, they're so haunting. It's so haunting. It's something that brings modern people together. Yeah. <laughs> is the chirping of, <laughs> of uh, smoke alarms. Look, I'm glad they exist and I'm glad they work, but you know. Yeah. Brandon, you don't have to virtue signal for smoke alarms. <laughs> I, it's fine. You're right. You're right. They're wrong. No, they are they are here to protect me from burning to death. And I appreciate that. <laughs> he says, dead behind the eyes every dead morning in the, the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and they're also here. The, the, the only person I've ever known who actually had, or not known, known, but heard of, who had carbon monoxide poisoning was Carrie Poppy from... Uh, owner Ross and Carrie. She, oh, no. she, she tells a story about it, and it's. I bring it up because it is like living in a ghost story. Like, yes, she thought her house was haunted, and like, it got it got fucking real. And I don't want that to happen to me. Thank you, smoke alarm. Yeah. Can I say something about podcasters? Like, if you're a male podcaster, you just need to like be kind of a nerd and know stuff and like just talk about it. But like, I feel like if you're a female podcaster, something incredibly unexplainable and terrible had to have happened to you in your yeah. life, and like that <laughs> motivates you going forward. I can think of like ten women <laughs> podcasters that have had something that get written up in the paper yeah. happen to them, and they're just like, yeah, and that's why I do improv full time. <laughs> a man bought an i. Bought an iPhone and then got a podcast, and a woman uh, saw her dead great great grandmother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like right. survived a near death experience. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I can only eat. I can only eat three foods: Bro- <laughs> broccoli. <laughs> wow! Wow! And I got a new lightning cable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I bought a sixty dollars microphone, and I have th- five million downloads. <laughs> uh, but no, buy a carbon monoxide detector for your apartment. They're very cheap. You should buy it. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, speaking of Brandon's delicious tortillas, I'm going to go into the kitchen and refill our guacamole, <gasps> and I will be right back. Oh, God. I love guacamole so much. Hello, hello. It's Amanda. Welcome to the mid-roll. And listen, if you don't know by now, uh, I'm surprised that we are going on tour in the last week of March. We are so excited. Less than a month out, officially. Come see us. If you live or have friends who live in Seattle, the Twin Cities, Chicago, Boston, Philly, New York City, or Washington, D.C., let them know. Tell them to come. Tell them to bring their friends. Tell them to bring their dates. Tell them to bring their coworkers. Tell them to uh, make a, a meetup, like an off-season meetup of their softball team or something that happens to be at our live show. It's going to be so much fun. We are putting so much effort and time and planning into making this an excellent experience for you as well as for us. So come on through. Go to jointhepartypod.com slash live to get your tickets. 
Thank you so much to our newest patrons, Shanice, Maddie, and Technomancer42. We're only able to make this show and put so much time and effort into it and go on tour because of the support you give us on Patreon. If you want to join for just five bucks a month, or hey, you can also make a one-time purchase of an entire year's worth of support and enjoy it for the next 12 months, even get a discount, you can do that at patreon.com slash join the party pod. This upcoming Friday, for example, we have a new episode coming out of Party Planning, our special biweekly podcast just for patrons. And I think it's something that you are really going to enjoy. All right. All of that and more. Patreon.com slash join the party pod. This week at Multitude, there is so much coming your way if you are a member of the Multi Crew. This is, of course, our membership program where you get to support Multitude and us making new shows and us trying new things, including, uh, guys, me making a new show soon. I am so excited. And the place I turn, the place I go, where I drop special episodes of what will one day become this show is the multi-crew. They hear bonus audio, unreleased pilots, experimental stuff before anybody else. We also have Head, Heart, Gut. And also Julia hosts the multi-crew review where this month she and I sit down and talk about my favorite movie of all time. So if you would like to get even more plugged in, even more supportive of all things Multitude, go to multicrew.club and sign up today. We are sponsored this week by The Sprouting, an eldritch horror of an actual play podcast. It is set in an apocalyptic future where eldritch plants have taken over, magical bargains twist the fabric of reality, and each survivor struggles to trust their own senses as they try to see their goals through to the end. Specifically, they're using the rules of Call of Cthulhu to heighten the drama of their story, but of course fate is up to the whims of the dice. Their world is all homebrew. I said plant apocalypse, and that is absolutely true. They also have music and sound design in their podcast to really make that world as immersive as possible. They also focus their tale on survivors as they take control of the apocalypse, fight despair, and fight other beings in order to survive. Players come from Britain, Iceland, Germany, Sweden, the Philippines, and the USA. So if you are interested in The Sprouting, just search for The Sprouting anywhere you listen to podcasts. One more time, that's The Sprouting, and you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. We are also sponsored by Factor. And as I'm recording this, I am uh, gearing up for perhaps the busiest week of work I have had in a very long time. And one of the things that goes lower on my priority list than I would like uh, when I get busy is planning for meals. I don't think about what to make. I don't think about having time to go out and shop and eat. So I highly, highly appreciate that Factor has delicious, ready-to-eat meals that make it honestly so convenient to eat well and taste and in a way that suits your goals, whether that's keto or calorie smart or vegan and vegetarian, etc. I love their cold brew breakfast smoothie. Uh, yes, you heard that correctly. It is so delicious and so convenient. Or I'll have some of their two-minute meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. When I'm running from work to yoga or between meetings, just put them right in the fridge at work and they are there for me all week long. It is genuinely so helpful. So if you are looking for fast upscale options done easily, head to factormeals.com slash Join the party 50 and use code join the party 50 to get 50% off. That's code join the party 50 50 at factormeals.com slash join the party 50 to get 50% off. 
And finally, we are sponsored by Possible Worlds Games that is concluding their Kickstarter for the excellent The Details of Our Escape, a brand new tabletop role-playing game from award-winning publisher Possible Worlds Games. Incredibly fun. They are very, very pleased to have hit their goal, but now you get the chance to back it before it ends and get them to some of their excellent stretch goals. Or if you're listening to this after February 29th, 2024, that's cool. You can still check it out and get it on Backerkit. You should absolutely click the link in the description and see what game designer Tyler Crumreen, comics artist Linnea Sturta, and multidisciplinary author Renee Gladman have made in the details of our escape. It is a rule book, an art book, and speculative fiction. It is so gorgeous. It uses dominoes instead of dice, and it is genuinely so beautiful, so cool. I am so happy for them that they have hit their goal, but you can help them hit stretch goals now by going to bit.ly slash details of to support the campaign. Go ahead to bit.ly slash details of and help make details of our escape a reality. And now let's get back to the show. All right, folks, we are back just in time to discuss episode three of this arc. Wait, Ooh. did you bring the guacamole? Oh, yeah, it's right here. It's in the mocajete. Wait a minute. There's no guacamole in there. Julia from the past. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Julia from the past, future from the from the few from the days of future past stole our guacamole. Damn, so Ju- good. If Julia was an X Men, I know Julia would have thoughts on this. But if Julia oh, were yeah. an X Man, she would be Apocalypse. So <laughs> it works. Damn. Damn, dude. Damn. See, the the best thing is that we don't know when Julia's going to listen to this episode. <laughs> so at any point, we could just get a furious Slack message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be great. All right, folks. So in uh, in this last episode uh, of the ones we're covering today, we meet so many NPCs and it was so much fun. And there are iPods and it's just it's an incredible scene. Uh, let's start with Mixel91 who asks, Eric, how do you remember all of those different voices? I have so much respect. I can't even remember my own voice from my own character. Fair. Good point. Good point. Do you Same. have a cheat sheet, Eric? I don't. I don't have a cheat sheet. I think that I end up mushing the the person the NPC is gets mushed so much with the voice that it's almost like I need to remember what it is to distinguish who the person is, mm-hmm. um, especially because we're doing it on a podcast. Like, I need everyone to know who the, the voices are, um, especially after, like, some campaign two where, like, people were just people. So it was a lot harder to, like... It, but it, so it was a lot. A lot of characters were similar, or like I had to go off of vibes alone and like vo- uh, vocab and syntax. So I've been trying to like do voices to at least distinguish the characters a little bit more. Um, so I, like I've just been really been enjoying it. You know, it's like Edie is is like pretentious and will hold things over on you, and Piney doesn't want to deal with you, and uh, you know more more established things like Millie and Salix and this new Havana voice. It's just been easier to kind of slip in to the character um, just by having having it there. So I don't write it down. I just like it's almost like I just know it. May I say your sonic palette for voices has expanded greatly mm-hmm. and is very good. Thanks, dude. I'm the best DM in podcasting, so I'll goddamn better. Let I'm know. the 
best player in podcasting and not chaotic at all. So Brandon, I will I'll confidently call you the best variable in podcasting. Oh, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, you can take that. You're definitely the best player who also edits the podcast. Who 100%. Also, you are the best player. I can say this. I'm not even joking. You are definitely the best player who also sound designs the podcast <laughs> in a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. We 100%. know several of those who are less good than you at both. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who cannot do both at the same time. All right. Uh, Mixell also asks, what kind of potion did Kid Cervantes take? Was it a truth potion again or something else? It sounded like the truth potion again, but there was doubt about if he was telling the truth. Now, Mixell is picking up on the fact that Amanda forgot it was a truth potion. Well, did you? <laughs> yeah, I didn't really realize it. It's definitely a truth potion. We said that in the episode, but I do understand the doubt. Although I, I personally, as a player, think that he was telling the truth. Umby definitely does. <laughs> and yeah, and I think I think Troy came to trust him. I mean, there are definitely ways to, you know, talk around a truth potion to say something, you know, that like yeah. technically true, but, you know, in spirit false. Um, but yes, it was it was the truth potion once more. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't trying to be tricky necessarily. It's like you go to a conference where everyone's like, we're going to decide on some pieces of information. And then you're like, OK, well, I don't know what it is yet, so I'm not going to sign it. And that's where Kid Cervantes mm-hmm. was coming from. It's like, I don't believe in a lot of things. I only believe in the things that I need to. Uh, I, I'm a loner. I'm, on, I'm out on my own. I care about the things that I care about. So if someone tries to make me sign something and I don't want to, I'm not going to. Uh, and I have the fastest gun in the West. So yeah, I can, I can just do that. Also, the Potion of Truth is a Zone of Truth spell. And uh, the wording is a creature can't speak a deliberate lie and it can avoid it knows it's affected by the spell. So Mm. it can avoid answering questions which would normally spawn with a lie. So you can be sort of evasive Mm -hmm. um, within the rules set. So but I I, I think my cactus friend is my best friend and he would never lie to me. So. And I have to say, despite the fact that Troy was like, uh, respectfully, what the fuck during the actual episode, I think this was a great choice on your part, Brandon. Like, I think it it makes sense for us. It makes sense to bring somebody in who's become an ally. It's like a bold character choice that, uh, you know, affects what's happening. And like, I'm happy to move forward in. So uh, it it was like a curveball I didn't see coming. And I was happy to, to hit yeah. anyway. Especially because you're all trying to figure out who the sniper is as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um... You, you, you got to pare down suspects, at least. Yeah. So making a bold bet on someone you probably think didn't do it is not a bad idea. I get it. If I came home and Lauren was like, hey, I met this guy on the street and I'm showing him inside of our safe. What do you think? <laughs> He's a Russian spy. Does that work for you? Is that good? Uh, Ginger asks... Eric, do you have a list of different ways that winged green folk lose the ability to use said wings? The origin of Lustrious Recompense's wings was super compelling, and I'd love to know how that idea came to light. I'll also add for me, full chills when I was hearing it on the podcast. At the moment, I was like taking it in and just absolute full chills hearing it back. And then imagine like reading that in someone's author bio at the back of yeah. like a self-help mm-hmm. book. Yeah. In like mm-hmm. a, a full page, full color spread in the in the pamphlet. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, no, Lustrous Recompense, I think it's very interesting as a character. I created him as a reflection of all three of the player characters mm. and uh, how things could be different if something was different or the when you take a path more or less chosen, maybe that could be better for one person or another. It's like 
This is someone who is also from open fields like Cammy. This is someone who had experience in government like Umby and is rich unlike Umby. But did Umby make those choices for one way or another because he wanted to – Umby seemed to care more about his values maybe than lustrous recompense in a certain way? I'm I'm thinking, I'm analyzing this from outside, so Brandon, you could say otherwise. But mm-hmm. And also, like, yeah, this is – Troy is looking at another person, another winged green folk who lost their wings. Uh not by choice, which is maybe I wonder how Troy feels about that um, in that way as well. So uh, it was it was interesting. It's like, Lust- why did Lustrous call this meeting? What kind of person is he? And then how is that going to come into play once people start talking, trying to sign something? And why is this happening in the first place? Good stuff all around. Can't wait. Yeah, I love it. The question surgeon, Michelle Spurgeon, would like to know, is this bone whale related to the campaign one bone whale? Well, this is a whale of whale of bones. This is I mean, not a bone, bone whale. All bones got whales in them, and all whales got bones in them. That's what I always say. All my bones got whales in them. That's my, my... what the marrow is, Brandon. It is the <laughs> sea. What little whales swim in? That's what my Mima always used to say. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got to drink milk, feed the whales. Uh, yes, I think it's cool. I think the bone whale's cool. I think bo- I think massive monsters having massive bones and corpses and leaving them in places like they do in the dis- in the dissolving belt is cool. It's just, yes. it's nice. This is also like you know if this we were telling a different story like if whether we were this was like a fantasy space epic or like a fantasy story that like went to different dimensions. I love it when a planet or something is built on top of a dead god. Mm. I love it. God, I love it. So this is the equivalent of that. It's like being like a pirate elephant graveyard. So you must have loved the the great Marvel movie, The Eternals. Yes, Brandon. Yes, it is. <laughs> I saw it five times. I'm like, Chloe Zhao, <laughs> the best director of this year and all director and all directors all years. <laughs> I loved it when they implicated the audience in the dropping of the atomic bomb. <laughs> no, I loved that. <laughs> Brian Tyree Henry was like, you did it. And I'm like, me? And he was like, yes, you, Eric. Eric Silver. <laughs> Eric Silver. Son of NBA commissioner Adam Silver. <laughs> I tell you, Eric would be in the box of a lot more basketball games if that was true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if Brian, if Brian Tyree Henry knew my name, I would be in so many. <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> yeah, yeah. If Brian Tyree Henry knew me, one. And two, if Adam Silver was actually my dad, I would be at so many NBA games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Oh yeah, this guy, great. Yeah. How did you? Because well, we didn't, we didn't really touch on this as much. Hey, how did you all feel when Umby got big, exploded? Scared. Horrified. Yeah. Um, worried. Uh, sad. Mm. A little confused. Yeah. You know, I, I mostly I'm like, why would my DM, who's like, you know, my friend and my colleague, <laughs> um, for how many years? How many years? For uh, I think forty. Like why would, for, for forty, yeah. two presidents. Why would he do that? Why would he try? Why would he try to kill my character? Why would he do that? I was absolutely horrified and thrilled. Uh, it was so exciting. It was such a good cliffhanger, and we had played the one shot where my character did death saving throws maybe two weeks before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so I was like, "Oh God, <laughs> what, what's going to happen? And what do we do?" And again, almost all the time, guys, we record just one episode at a time. So we stopped playing and didn't play for a week after that. So I was like, ah! <laughs> "It was what so I'm- much." One of my favorite things in all of JTP history is Eric having to remind Amanda, you're dead. Yeah. No, you cannot good. speak. 
It was good. It was great to do. I'm doing that now. It's like when you guys are like, okay, I'm splitting the party. Yeah. And then and I'm like, shut up. You are intentionally doing something else. And that's the equivalent. That's what happens when you're dead. You have chosen to die. And now you don't get to be in the scene anymore. When we send, you know, Julia away to actually get shit done as me and Brandon do our, do our, you know, buddy cop comedy, uh, <laughs> she can't tell us how to do the scene good. <laughs> we, we have to use our D&D powers on our own. Hell yeah. All right, folks, let's get into some bigger, broader questions about uh, the game and Verda Stello as a whole. Uh, first, we touched on this, but big shout out to Anna uh, Avocado Hedgehog Emoji and Salty Morton, who told us about the CBs. Anna's partner has family who were CBs in the Navy, and they both really appreciated the CB reference. And then Sally Morton explained that what that name comes from is the construction of battalion of the U.S. Navy into the initials C. B, aka the nickname CBs. CBs. Hmm. So cute. They have their own merch that uh, that we saw. Absolutely incredible illustrations of like Popeye punk bees. So good. My dad was in the Navy. Nice. <laughs> I'll have to ask him if he knows about CBs. Brandon, was he in the Navy like the village people were in the Navy, or was he in the Navy like <laughs> Top Gun was in the Navy? Well, I think Top Gun was in the Air Force. <laughs> no, Brandon. No, the Top Gun people were, they have they are planes in the Navy. Oh, really? Yes, it's a whole thing. Because they land oh. on aircraft carriers. Yeah, because yeah. they land on aircraft carriers. I don't carriers. support Tom Cruise, Eric, so I don't really know. Ah, about... That's fair, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> okay, so neither. The answer's neither. Anyway, thanks, Anna and Salty. Melanie asks, I know the topic of people versus food slash produce has been discussed before, but have we ever hit the topic of paper? There are so many tree NPCs. So how do tree green folk feel about their skin slash flesh being used for communicative purposes? Do they know where paper comes from? Is this a torture tactic for people like Millie who do war crimes? I feel like we might have said something about paper at one point, but we really didn't talk about it. And I do think that there's also, uh, I believe the Egyptians made paper out, like papyrus out of reeds, I want to yes. say. Yes. So grasses. like. Full on grass, grass green folk just getting smushed into paper too. You know, um, no, I just so it's. I think it's the same thing. Trees, tree green folk need to deal with the fact that paper does exist. But I think that the same ideas, and maybe it's a little bit different. Of like the idea, there's plenty of implements you can use to write on, right? I mean, even in human history, there are as like you can write on leather, you and you write on animal skins and vellum. You Vellum, you can also write on um, human flesh. You can write on human skin. Like, that's that's such a thing that, and mm -hmm. even a trope. I know it's always evil, like the Necronomicon or whatever, but it's still interesting, right? Like, books bound in human in human skin. So, I think there's similar tensions and thoughts about that, but it, it corresponds with the, um, you know, constitution saving throws that need to be done <laughs> if you're thinking about that in relation to you. Guys, there are things we don't think about all day. Oh, all the time. And if we did, uh, we wouldn't, we wouldn't get, get anything done. Yeah. yeah, we wouldn't be able to make it through the day. Yep. I also think about this sort of like in the way that uh, in the Pokemon, I know it's not quite the same, but in the Pokemon universe, you have regular ass fish and then you have Pokemon fish and they're different. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like, are there any animals in the Pokemon world? Like, I don't know the answer to that. Like, I think there are. I think there are canonically. Um, I could be wrong on that, so don't. don't I don't know. I don't know don't if that's me. true. Yeah. I don't know, but like that's yeah. It's like, but they never address it because it's too complicated. Well, there's definitely. I know there definitely are fish because we've shown, been seen. We have seen fish, regular ass fish 
Oh, all right. yes. But I don't and, know about like mammals. Yes, and we've seen. I mean, there are like burgers and sandwiches and stuff. Yeah, but what if they're made out of like miltex? Well, they might be. I yeah. mean, they eat Magikarp for sure. I think. Yeah. Oh. Well, th- that got brought up a lot in the more recent video games because, like in Scarlet and Violet, you make um, sandwiches, and in uh, Sword and Shield, you make uh, British curries out of them. You do. So it's like, where is this meat coming from? I don't want to think about it. Maybe I just don't want to think about it. Like the uh, the U.S.'s industrialized food system. I don't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, folks. And then we have uh, a question hand-delivered from the Postmaster Library oh. chat. Oh, yeah. All right. First, talking about Lustrous's wings being covered in gold made me think about body modification in Vertistello. I was wondering what the different countries thought mm. about it. Does it vary between green folk? Would Troy, Cami, or Umbi get tattoos or piercings? Slash, do they have them? That's a great question that I haven't thought about. I love the idea that uh, Troy, whose skin is very dark, has uh, UV tattoos. That oh, cool. at, uh, at the, his basic training, uh, all the bruvs did like stick and poke tattoos on each other. And depending on uh, your particular species and pigment, um, you know, choose the ink that works best. And uh, I think he's just got like under a UV light, he's got like, you know, someone drew like rude genitalia. Someone said yeah. like mom heart. Someone said like BFF, just like <laughs> scattered all over my first thought was someone did draw a dick on his arm <laughs> yep i was gonna say that and then i'm like i don't know what, what people are working with you know whatever <laughs> or oh sorry let me take that back my first thought was someone drew a proboscis on his arm <laughs> nice ran in proboscis's tongue not pe- not penis mm, that's what you say well i i will not comment i will not comment on this i refuse <laughs> um body modification yeah i mean i'm sure it exists it definitely exists i'm sure that you know we only look at these countries in the way as they relate to the great salt sea from like the top down from like government down or the highest echelons of power down um so it's like you know if i was gonna say a lot of these places don't like tattoos and body mods but it doesn't mean people don't do it i wonder if like that gets erased if you're so talented in hothouse um or if you know it depends if you have a sword if your family's in power if you're in the crags Mm. um and if no one like just absolutely no one cares in overstock i'm sure that people have ideas about this in i'm sure people have ideas about this in open fields but i don't think it's as puritanical as people are jumping to it might be just like I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to think about like what are what do some people think is acceptable and what do other people think is un- unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Almost as arbitrary. I'm sure that there is some sort of dogma attached to it, but I just don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm I'm sure Umbi has some tattoos because of the pirate sailor tattoo tradition that we have. Yeah. Like you know, he probably the first. I forget the levels or whatever you call them at which uh, pirates and sailors get tattoos, but I'm sure you know the first. Three sales he did. He got a bird or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Exactly. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good. I'm imagining in Hot House, like I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Shaker Furniture, uh, the like Christian group uh, from the U.S. And, you know, furniture making was like part of faith for them and like a, you know, a, a craft that both brought them money and also kind of brought them closer to God. So I'm really interested in the people of Open Fields and the followers of the path as uh, kind of focusing on some amount of like craft or artisanship mm. or carving, you know, as a way to sort of like document 
represent their lineage and like express their devotion. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have you have to do a good job because if you don't do a good job, then you're an idiot. And why would you make something bad? And wasting. Yeah. yeah and, and you're wasting, wasting and you're wasting stuff. So yeah. why would like you do useful that? in like useful things like an instrument or a chair, you know, or like a cabinet. Like that's I don't know, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe they carve yeah. utensils real good. Yeah. The whole thing yeah, that's interesting. The whole thing about open fields is like everything is so deeply results based in a way that's not fair mm-hmm. is like it's like you can all you can always justify someone else's mess up by saying well it didn't work out well so you didn't do a good job and i think that's why everyone is at each other's throats so much uh as we've talked about there can i pitch that the tattoo artists in vertistello are stick bugs and they do stick and poke oh pretty good very pretty good because they poke you Oh, that's pretty good. I love that. Is that you've created another one-off NPC, like the terrible strawberry monstrosity Amanda created? Hell yeah! Yay. Like the sexiest two NPCs and the only <laughs> ones that are sexy. I did not mean to make Millie so sexy. It just happened. I know it wasn't you, Eric. It just happened. Just it was happened. the traitor to your right. <laughs> I had to do a French accent, but establish that she was different by being by because she did war crimes. Listen, at this point, you know, Julia and me, if there is an intimidating woman in the campaign, we're both going to go, all right. I didn't even create it. I didn't even do it. By Julia's, for Julia's and Amanda's. <laughs> okay, folks, let's close out now with some spoil the plank Yarr. questions. Yarr. Creak? <laughs> That's plank. Creak. From the question surgeon, are you concerned about how many enemies you have on the island? No, because we don't have any. Girl, we got lots of enemies on the island. (laughs) (laughs) At the risk of answering spoil the plank questions, no, obviously. Have you seen the way that they act? No, they're not. Yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, Second, are you guys worried that Hot House will come after you for their mold and blueprints? Well, well, something's gonna be something's gonna happen, and uh, I don't know. Until then, Troy is just bobbing along, not thinking about it. Yeah. Now I did read that as like mold, like the the mm. mold, like spores. Plant. What? Yeah. yeah, spores. Thank you. <laughs> and I was like, did we take mold from Hot House? I <laughs> I was watching a video about a uh, home culturing of wine cat mushrooms recently, uh, and uh, so I also thought about like the mycelium substrate. Like, yeah, that'd be really fun. Is that what the mold is, Eric? Is it a mold made out of mold? Yeah, sure, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I did just think of meeting a mushroom green folk, and I may come to regret saying this, but, uh, you know, mushrooms are all connected colonies, like, under the ground, and so we see the sprout of one mushroom, and then, like, we, you know, think, like, ah, easy, I'll just, like, uh, you know, cut it down with my dagger. And then it, you know, we see from all around us, like, thousands and thousands of mushrooms rise up. Oh, that sucks. Don't give Eric ideas. Oh, yeah. Eric has never thought about mushroom colonies before. Yeah, you're Eric right. Eric mushrooms. He doesn't yeah. think about them. H- huge symbol of campaign, too. Yeah, he's deleted it from his brain. And then finally, EP fellow would like to know, what the hell happened at the end of this episode? Dismayed emoji. Eric, what the fuck emoji? Mm, good. That's a little snack to sustain him for another week. So make sure you get him <laughs> in in the Discord. Mm, mm, mm. Who could say? I can't say. We'll find out soon enough. Just remember that Sometimes being a dungeon master means making everyone else mad at you. (laughs) 
Listen, there is so much action coming at you guys in our next episode, not to mention the ones after that. So we are very excited to send those your way. And we're so excited to see you on tour. So if you've not yet bought your tickets to the Rolling Bones tour, go to jointhepartypod.com slash live. And if you have friends who live in Seattle, the Twin Cities, Chicago, D.C., Philadelphia, New York, or Boston, you best text them that link because we want to see them there. You best text them the link. Yar! Right. I'm going to be wearing such good outfits. <laughs> you got to see. Eric's going to have incredible fashions. Hats and shoes. I'm going to wear exactly what Eric wears. No! We know! <laughs> Brandon has timed his hair and beard cut cycle to be ideal for the tour. I have. And we know Julia's going to be rocking the Target Boys XL spring line. So uh, you, you got to make it. You got to make it. It's like Julia's walking at a Target fashion show. Yes. <laughs> For, but it's like 11-year-old boys and then Julia. Yes. <laughs> and every queer person in the audience is like, work. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be great. Uh, no, we're so excited. Uh, help us make the tour a success. Send your friends. Join the partypod.com slash live. And you know what happens? Like when a skeleton r- falls down a hill, we have to roll them bones. Bone! Yarr! Bye. Bye. Bye.